Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast with me, Conor Whiteley. Psychology student and international best-selling psychology author of over 30 psychology books, bringing you the latest psychology news, fascinating psychology topics and more each week. If you want to learn more, then please check out connorwhiteley.net forward slash books. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the YouTube video or follow on your favourite podcast app. And here's the show. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 245 of the Psychology World Podcast with me, Connor Whiteley. And today's episode is on celebrations, hurts and joy. Lessons learned from 2023. So I thought I would do this sort of in between episode because this is the last episode of 2023 and I think after this year, because of how brilliant it's been, I really do want to reflect on it, I want to celebrate it, but I also want to give you guys tons of tips. So later in the um, content part of today's episode, I'm going to talk about six main areas of 2023 that I think are brilliant and that we need to um, celebrate them and then I give you five different tips for each um, section so by the end of this podcast episode you're going to have about 30 tips to help you plan 2024 and help make 2024 the best year that it can possibly be for you some of the tips will apply to you some of them won't this is a really fun podcast episode that I just loved writing up and when I was writing this blog post, I actually couldn't stop smiling because it was so true, it was so heartfelt and yeah, 2023 has been a brilliant year and I'm really, really happy that it happened. It's definitely been one of the best years ever. But before that, moving on to the psychology news section, we're reading from the British Psychological Society Research Digest and this one, because I'm pre-recording this, on the 21st of December 2023. This is from the 19th of October 2023. (laughs) So the first one I think is a bit weird, but let's explore it. Hunger makes soft caresses less pleasurable. Assuming you're up for it, soft caressing can be a very pleasurable sensation. Gentle motions against the skin simulate the reward system in the brain and triggers the release of oxytocin, a hormone that, in a positive social context, boosts feelings of well-being and trust. According to new research though, soft caresses are more likely to achieve these positive social effects after a meal. In a new pre-registered study in psychophysiology, Daniela M. Pilgenham probably butchered that, sorry, at the University of Oslo and her colleagues report that when participants were hungry, soft stroking actually felt less pleasant. Their investigations suggest that the hunger hormone ghrelin may influence the appeal of social stimuli, such as caressing touches, in order to move getting a back a snack up to your to-do list. Wow, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's actually not a lot I can say about this one, except, oh, no, 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 I could not, I could not deal with this. I sort of know what soft caresses are, but I find the idea of them quite creepy. 
quite creepy to some extent. But then I do have touch sensitivities anyway. So, you know, you know, there's definitely not a lot I can say about this one. But I will comment on, it's brilliant that this was a pre-registered study. I'm up for that. I think that open science is absolutely critical. And maybe in 2024, I'll try and do some more research-based, um, well, some more research methodology podcast episodes. I know that won't happen because that is not my um, interest whatsoever, but it is important. So moving on to the second one. Is it okay to share on LinkedIn? While we're all familiar with friends de-escalating mental health struggles on social media sites like Facebook and, uh, and Twitter, many have also taken to opening up on LinkedIn, a professional networking environment. Given that mental health is still stigmatised in the workplace, some may describe this as a bold move. Yeah, well, I think I would too, but then again, doing the podcast episodes on it is probably quite a bold move too. Whether or not talking about mental health in a professional setting affects a career prospects, however, is open to debate. A new study authored by two North Carolina State University researchers looks at the impact of LinkedIn mental health disclosures on appraisals of job applicants. The investigations uncover a number of ways that applicants are judged based on their online conversations about mental health both for better or for worst. So I'm definitely not going to go into this in too much, in like a too much depth, or too much depth, though, mainly because um, I know the BPS is going to have quite a detailed write-up of, like, of this research, but I think that, I don't know, I think personally I would say it's such a tough one, because of course technically I've done that in the form of podcast episodes, but equally, I would never do it on LinkedIn. I would never do a social media post specifically about that because I just wouldn't. So, I don't know. I think it's a tough one. I think it's more like I really don't know. That's a really tough one to say because I think that I think there are benefits because I think it could show to employees you have lived experience, which is always really valuable in clinical psychology, at least in theory that I will admit, at least in theory that's a good use of your time and at least theoretically that will help you in the job market because it means that you have lived experience which means you're more relatable to clients and you can understand mental health difficulties but in reality again mental health is stigmatized in the workplace so it would probably harm you that way and then you've got the stereotypes about all oh, people with mental health difficulties aren't stable, they're going to be bad uh, workers, etc, etc. Because all of us have these stereotypes and all these prejudices, I can't say that word, <laughs> but that we've just picked up by living in society. Because most of these mental health beliefs are so ingrained in society, you can't just get rid of them. So interesting, very, very interesting. And of course, I was taking that um, from a clinical psychology viewpoint, point though, but what if people in other industries have actually done that in industries where people don't have mental health understanding and that sort of stuff? Yeah, true, true, interesting. 
So the final one is Zoom background choices shape first impressions. During lockdown, many of us got used to working at home. And for a lot of us, part of that was using virtual backgrounds to avoid our colleagues seeing mess, but all the content of our bedrooms. Yeah, I never actually did this, but I've done it in the past few months. In many ways, this allowed us to control the vibe of a meeting. A virtual birthday party for a colleague might call for a different background to a serious job interview, and we would be unlikely to select the same one for each. In the recent paper published in PLOS1, a Durham University team took a look at what first impressions our choice of, of Zoom background can, can confer. Far from being just a fun neutral addition to recall, the team found that video backgrounds can have a sizable impact on how meeting participants were perceived with lending an extra air of, of a trustworthiness or competence. Okay, and I can definitely understand where this is like coming from because, yeah, because I mean like the background I started adopting this year for probably a month or two, yeah, because I started in my learning disability placement. Um, It was sort of this very, I wouldn't call it sci-fi, I was called this sort of fancy sci-fi, sci-fi world, which, yes, I admit looking back, it's probably not the best first impression one, because yes, it was a very nice background, but was it professional? Probably not. I probably should have done the blurred thing, which is a lot of other people do, do though, because that does look a bit more professional. Or to be honest, what I tend to do most of the time is just not have a background on on there because I'm either in my audio booth having a meeting, which is what I did the other week, or um yeah, or because of where my desk is, it just looks at my um, bedroom door, so etc. So I definitely think that like moving forward, forward though, I think that yes, we probably should be a bit more mindful about the backgrounds that we're looking at because. It is because it is all about making good, like good first impressions, whether this is about our peers, our fellow students, our, our lecturers, academic advisors, uh, and like and so on. These are all very important to actually make a good first impression. So maybe we should start thinking about, oh, is this background a, well, a professional one? Is this one that going to cast me in a good light? So interesting, but definitely food for thought. Don't I hope you enjoy the psychology news section. So let's move on to the very short personal update, which will probably be just more like a sponsored product episode. <laughs> so we're moving on to the personal update. So because I'm recording this early, I'm basically going to skip the personal update. But because it's the last week of the year, I am probably going to have lots of fun doing my Christmas traditions. Well, my New Year traditions, to be honest. Which is basically the only week I take off is the last week of December from all of my projects, all of my writing stuff. And I basically watch films in the evenings, which probably sounds like what quite a lot of people do. But um, normally in the evenings I'm working... I'm doing tons of different projects, but this year I've got quite a few films like to watch. 
I've got the 355, which is a women-led um, spy film. I've got I've got the last two Tom Holland Spider-Man films to watch because it's Tom Holland. And then I've got oh yes, and then I've also got in yes, and then I've also got on a Chartered, which is another good action adventure film to watch. So I've actually got tons to watch, which I'm finally allow myself to actually like watch them though because i can give myself time off so as always i always love to hear thoughts and feelings on today's episode so you can always email me connorwhitely.net you can always even comment out the show notes at connorwhitely.net forward slash podcast and you can always tweet me on twitter at sci-fi whitely i always love to hear from all of you because it really helps make the podcast feel more like a conversation and you can always leave a comment on the Facebook post at Connor Whiteley, Psychology Author. And today's episode has been sponsored by Careers in Psychology, a guide to careers in clinical psychology, forensic psychology, business psychology and more. So the reason why this is today's sponsored product is because a lot of the tips in today's episode, the more career focused of focused tips there but to actually help you in 2024 to advance your psychology career if you're a psychology student or to be honest there's probably some stuff for professionals too and then there's also quite a lot of like personal um tips about life and whatnot but if you like the career tips from today's episode then this book is really useful because it talks about a very wide range of different careers that you can have like um, psychology like business, forensic, experimental psychology, clinical um, and then there's a lot of about like academia too and there's a whole bunch of like other bits and pieces too though. but this is really like, like a useful book because it introduces what does this career path offer? How do you get there? And then it also offers a few unofficial tips to actually help you get started on that career path. And it's always, it's always written in a fun, easy to understand and in an engaging way. So we actually want to read this book. So that is Careers in Psychology, available from all major ebook retailers. And you can order the paperback and the hardback version from Amazon. You look at books to all local library if you request it. So, whilst buying books to help to support the creation and the editing of the podcast, my time is sponsored by my wonderful patrons. And as always, a massive thank you to my wonderful patrons, because your support shows that you like the show and that you want it to continue. And if you want to become a, a patron, then you can at patreon.com forward slash psychology podcast. Or you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash conwhitely. So that's enough for the personality. Let's move on to the content part of today's episode. So we're moving on to the content part of today's episode. So we're going to be talking about celebrations, hurts and joy. Lessons learned from 2023. So I'm so excited about this. This has been a podcast episode I've been thinking about for a few weeks. Now I've actually done it, I'm really happy with it. I'm quite excited to share this with you. And there's a lot of tips that all of us can benefit from. So let's dive into it. Overview of 2023. 
As I write this podcast episode on the 25th of December 2023, I have to admit that I flat out loved this year because it has been incredible and I have, have loved it. In terms of my personal life, it's been wonderful for a bunch of reasons that I'll talk about later in the episode. And even as a psychology student, I have achieved so much that I thought I never would have, that just never would have been possible. Again, I also talk about that more later on. Also, I've had one of my most productive years ever in terms of my writing, podcasting and just doing what I love. In fact, I got the Spotify wrap-up report for this podcast earlier in the month and I was very impressed to know that we've experienced 10% growth in listenership in a single year and there was 500 minutes of extra content this year compared to 2022 and I'm really happy with that. Therefore, in this little overview, I want to take a few minutes to thank all of you wonderful listeners. Because, sure, there have been times when I think I should just give up the podcast. And that thought happens every few months. And I do flat out love researching and writing up these blog posts. But in all honesty, if you wonderful people didn't keep listening, didn't keep sharing the podcast, and if you didn't keep buying books and supporting me, and I would have ended this podcast because this isn't a useful or this isn't a useful way to spend my time. And I would still do the blog posts, but the podcast just does take up quite quite a lot of time. So thank you so much for supporting and listening to the podcast. In addition, we've actually hit a few podcasting milestones this year with some landmark episodes. Because we reached episode 200 of the podcast called Hope, Passion, Wonder, My Psychology Journey So Far. And that was a brilliant podcast episode that I did love for doing. Because it was a real landmark one because, because we reached episode 200. But most podcasts don't even reach 30 episodes. So I am really am happy about that. And there were a lot of other landmark podcast episodes that I love doing. But I'm actually going to be talking more about them throughout the um, episodes. As a result, one thing that I will say as a little tip for all of you, as we start thinking about 2024, just do what you love. If there's an activity that you would love to do, but you haven't done it, then do it and try it out in 2024. Just make sure what you're doing with your life is what you want to do. And if you're unhappy about something, then change it in 2024. And as always, a massive, massive thank you to all of you wonderful listeners. I finished my undergrad psychology degree. Wow. Me finishing my undergraduate degree was definitely a highlight of 2023. Because it was so nice to get everything done, to graduate and just enjoy being a postgraduate student now. I loved my time at university because it really was fun. I met some of the most in, some of the most incredible people in my life, and it's taught me a lot about myself and the type of person that I want to be. If you want to hear hear about more about my graduation and my university journey, then definitely listen to episode two hundred for the university journey. But then there's a graduation focused podcast episode called graduation a psychology ending a psychology beginning and i do love that title that's probably one of my best um 
podcast titles so far. And I'll admit that I've written a lot about my third year in quite a lot of like like different books, including one that's coming out in next year, which is very aptly titled Third Year Survival Guide. That's coming out in July, I think. Yeah, I will share that I did find submitting my dissertation a little surprising because I was left with a sense of emptiness. Because this massive project that I've been working on for so long was now done. And that was surprising, but it was a great feeling too. And I think the main reason why my undergrad was such a highlight of 2023 was because it meant that I had a degree. It meant all the years of hard work and tears, and I think there were tears um, at times, especially during my first year, meant something. And I successfully got a degree, as well as the people I met, the people I forged friendships with, and all the different little things that these people taught me. It was those things I love about my degree. Because it wasn't really the education side that I love, even though I very much did. It's the people. And it's how amazing those those are people were. Therefore, the tips for this section and your planning for 2024 includes make the most of your time at university, be a social and try to make as many friends as possible at university, use the university's resources because they're free. This includes learning support services, mental health services, whatever. Don't be scared of academics. Talk to them and forge professional relationships with them. Take all the opportunities going to university presents you with, be them research opportunities or social opportunities. Started my masters. So another highlight of 2023 was I studied my masters in clinical psychology at the same university where I did my undergraduate degree at. This was exactly what I needed because of the mental health stuff and I have loved it. Sure, I have, we have had a nightmare with our stats lecturer, but the university has been brilliant in sorting, in, in sorting him out, so we actually get good teachings nowadays. The reason why my masters has been a highlight is because it reminds me how much I love clinical psychology. I love the theories. I love interacting with other students. I love the university environment. Be it going into a lecture theatre and taking advantage of, uni of the university Wi-Fi for certain tasks that my home Wi-Fi is just too slow for. And like these are podcast episodes. When I upload them to YouTube, and this isn't in the blog post, but I'm sort of going like off on a minor tangent here. So when I upload the YouTube videos, at home it takes about six hours. University, ten minutes at most. <laughs> Which is just how bad. So going back to the blog post. Or helping out a, a PhD friend of mine with his uh, research and catching up with him afterwards or just enjoying the societies that UK universities offer. I really, really love that university. It is incredible, and I know my 2023 wouldn't have been anywhere near as good if I wasn't at university. As well as, I have made some great friends during my masters too, which I'm really grateful for. 
Of course, none of them are master's students or even psychology students, but I was only really able to be friends with them because I was at university. Therefore, my tips in terms of university, again, for planning your 2024 includes Enjoy your degree, whatever it is, as much as you can. Get stuck into discussions as much as you can. Talk and socialise with your fellow master's students. Get work experience on the side. More on that later. Listen to your fellow master's students, with most of them will be filled with interesting stories. And the discussion tip is actually rather funny because I'm fairly sure I have a reputation in my master's cohort as the person that is always on their laptop and looking like they aren't paying attention whatsoever. Then the lecturer will ask a question and I give out a perfect answer that everyone is rather impressed with. And that did actually happen. It's happened at least twice, like the amount of shock on people's faces. I said a particular answer, which I always think is quite funny, and I do love those moments. And actually, I will miss the social psychology masters a lot, because I've had some good discussions with them personally, and they're just such nicer people, so I will miss them a lot. Psychology work experience. Some more psychology podcast episodes that proved to be landmark episodes were career-focused ones. Because 2023 was definitely a year where I wanted to improve my career in uh, psychology prospects. Since just as a very quick recap, we are now that you can have all the degrees that you want in psychology, but without any work experience, your ability to get a job is basically zero. As a result, I did the following podcast episodes and I'll like explain why they made 2023 a, a great year for me. Why are careers in psychology important to investigate? How to find work experience for psychology students? Lessons learned from working in a learning disability team. So getting work experience was a major highlight of 2023 was I got to work with a learning disability team in September and then in October I got to work in a gender identity clinic and you can see my thoughts and feelings and everything I learned about learning disabilities in the above podcast episode as well as I do have a episodes learned post for my gender identity clinic work experience written up but I haven't produced it yet as a podcast episode however both of these work experiences gave me a lot of wonderful and really useful skills that should definitely help with job applications in the future. For example, these these experiences show that I'm familiar with the NHS and how it works, that I have experience working with people with a range of mental health conditions, and I have multidisciplinary team um, meeting experience. And I talk a lot more about this in my gender identity clinic experience post. But I love MDT and experiences because you hear so much about them. You know they're critical to get to have experience in because of the job descriptions. And they're really interesting when you actually participate in the one. Because you will get to hear about a lot of cases, you will get to hear different professionals talk about each case. And it's a great learning opportunity. 
Therefore, these pieces of work experience will definitely be useful in my future clinical psychology career. And I'm really grateful to all of these services that allowed me to do these work experience opportunities. And it's great to know that 2023 was the year that I took some practical steps to help improve my career prospects within psychology. As a result, when it comes to planning for 2024, if you're interested in no in the work in work experience, then I recommend you investigate the job descriptions in your country for the role you want, so you can understand what you need to have experience in. This will help you plot your work experience path. Create a list of the companies or placements you would you would like to get work experience from. Network in the case you will get future opportunities from them. Listen or read the podcast episodes above so you can see how work experience opportunities work and how you can get them. Enjoy the work experience and use them as a taster sessions for your future psychology career. Because if you don't like them, it's better to know now than when you have a job with bills to pay. Made a life-changing friendship, a mental breakdown, and recovery. So, so far in this podcast episode, we focused on the celebration and joy part of the um, episode title. And to be honest, we are continuing with this theme slightly, yet we are also hurting, we are also focusing on the hurt aspect too. And I cannot help but smile, like even actually as I'm saying this, I can't help but uh, smile. And the fact that I'm including my own mental breakdown, my trauma and abuse recovery and a life-changing friendship as reasons why 2023 was possibly the best year of my life. In addition to save me time like rehashing a lot of the stuff I've already spoken on the podcast episodes, if you want in entirely clear about my mental breakdown and my mental health stuff, then definitely check out these podcast episodes. What is person-centred therapy? What is emotional dependency and locus of evaluation? How life roads impact your psychology journey? How activity scheduling improves depressed mood? Anyway, I'm including my mental breakdown and my long-term mental health um, road to recovery from a decade of abuse and trauma as reasons why 2023 was amazing. Because Because of what it led to, which I focus on in the next section. Yet when I made a particular friendship in July and August 2023, and this former friend convinced me, more like begged, to get professional help for my mental health in my past, I didn't listen. Because of course, who does? I just kept using the same strategies as before. And when that friendship exploded because of my emotional dependency, it was a brilliant wake-up call. Of course, I hated my life at the time, and I was in so much emotional pain. Like, it was, like, I don't know, I don't even know how how, how to describe it. I basically felt like I was dying. It's, at least that's how I described it to myself. And I was in an extremely dark place. But I will always have a lot of love, I say in air quotes, for that friend, because even though that friendship, that friendship ended spectacularly, I know that if I hadn't have made that friendship 
and enjoyed that brilliant month when we both had a lot of fun, we laughed tons, my life would be just as bad, painful as controlled by my past as it had been for the past decade. And that friendship meant that I needed to effectively take responsibility for my past but also for my future and I needed to conquer it or change it. Since nowadays, I sort of say that you can either allow your past to control you or you can control your past. Like, nothing will take away the pain, the trauma and the shit abuse that I have received for the past decade. But it doesn't have to control me and it doesn't have to define me anymore. I no longer have to feel unsafe in my life and I no longer have to live in fear for my life. I don't have to do any of those things anymore. That's why for my mental breakdown, that amazing friendship that ended so badly, and my horrific journey of recovery has made 2023 a brilliant year that I wouldn't change for the world. Then to keep in the theme with the rest of the podcast episode, my tips or lessons learned from all this mental health stuff is make sure you appreciate people with lived experience because they learn a lot of stuff during their difficulties that apply to clinical psychology. Give yourself time to recover because it always takes longer than you expect. Do activities that you love and this goes back to activity scheduling. Realize that some friendships and maybe even romantic relationships are transitional friendships to get you from one point to another. Be kind to yourself regardless of what happens to you. Coming out and living authentically. So a final group of, uh, of reasons why 2023 was so amazing and is definitely worth celebrating was because of the, the consequences of my mental breakdown. Since the biggest factor was that it made my entire family rally around me, I told them everything that had happened to me and what they had done to me by accident over the years with their homophobia and everything is a lot, lot better. We can have conversations that I never thought would ever be possible before August. We can laugh and joke about things that we never would have been able to laugh at before. And I have never felt so much love, support and acceptance in my life. And that's an amazing feeling. It really, really is. Of course, there are still family members that do not accept me. And that was really um, proved on a Saturday when we had this... uh, when we had this family meal wow and i'm pretty sure on christmas day it's going to be um reminded to me but that's okay because the important family members do when i came out as gay on facebook just the whole family and my friends knew i got a lot of love and support it was great to feel that after the past decade it meant, it meant that I could start to live my life more authentically and actually find out who I am. In addition, this year, my university's outreach department started an LGBT plus Mythbusters program that involves busting myths about the um, LGBT plus community and that work I have loved. It gave me a, a brilliant space to be me, tell other people about my egg experiences in a humorous and funny way that could be useful to them and I know a lot of people 
about my egg experiences and how I coped helpful. In addition, I actually asked someone out for the first time ever this year. And this goes back to a podcast episode I did back in June called How Can LGBT Plus Youth Learn to Heal and Five? Because in that episode, I talk about the second adolescence, which is basically when queer adults get a chance to recapture and redo their adolescence and do all of that sort of like my word sense of. And this was a very important moment for me because I'm 22 years old and I've never asked someone out before. For that, a girl did ask me out in a secondary school, but of course, I always, I was always like going to say no. So the very fact that I felt safe, loved, and supported enough in my own life to feel like I could invite someone else into that was absolutely massive. So my friend that I asked out um, said no because I wasn't at the time, which was fine. As we're still great friends, and we both accept that me liking them is just a part of our friendship and it isn't a problem but I'm still really happy that I was able to ask someone out. Also as a quick side note someone actually flirted with me for the first time in, in 2023 and this was a major moment for me and I do actually want to find that person again just in case I was a bit too like dismissive like with them but the reason why I'm actually talking and talking about this is that if you had asked me if any of these things would have happened in 2022, I would have laughed at you. I would have told you to, uh, and I would have sworn at you because to me, this stuff is impossible. For all of you wonderful listeners, this might have been quite normal. This is like, oh, well, of course you ask people out. Of course people flirt with you. That's just what happens in life. But no, it really sort of doesn't because of my past. So, is why it's something that's worth celebrating because I'm sort of hitting these milestones now and they make me feel great and it's just nice to know that life can actually be amazing. Overall, this is the main reason why I've loved 2023 because it has been the year where after everything I've been through, I can finally be able to be me, discover who I actually am and enjoy life a million times more than before. Therefore, some tips for your 2024 might be, are you living all authentically? Are there any personal goals you want to achieve? Then try and do them. If there are any personal things that you've been scared about exploring because of judgment from your family, then explore it yourself. Just live your life in a way that will make you happy. Find social groups and other like-minded people that will accept you without question. And that last point I do like because that's definitely been a highlight too. I have a good number of social groups filled up with other people like me that reflect different aspects of myself and my interests. And those people are amazing. I wouldn't be as great as I am now without the support and the social contact that these groups provide. Conclusion what are my future plans in 2024? So I've given you a lot to think about in 2024 and I know I, I have a lot of business, writing and podcasting plans for 2024. Yeah, this is also a personal podcast episode. So I suppose I should talk about my personal plans for 2024, including my psychology-related intentions. So in terms of psychology, 
I really want to get more psychology work experience. I do want to work with children and adolescents, and I do, and I might try and get some work experience with um, older adults, but I'm not too sure about that. Also, I want to get a part-time psychology related job or volunteering position for the long term in July slash August of 2024, so I can start to build up my clinical egg experience for the long term. In addition, because I'm shifting to a part-time master's degree, which I'll talk about more in the future, I want to do more psychology research. I already have a few exciting ideas, which I'm really passionate about, and I'm looking forward to them, if I can strung out my supervisor into letting me do it. As well as, I know it's a pipe dream, but I would love some academic publications late um, next year. In terms of my personal life, uh, well, I'm still going to be egg exploring who I really am. I'm going to be building more friendships, continuing to be more social, and and going to more queer events at my university and other social groups. And I'm going to keep building my social network with with a wide range of people. I'm just going to be enjoying my life. And I admit, I do want to start dating like next year because I want to have a boyfriend or partner by the end of next year because I'm in a position in my life where I'm safe enough to do that and I think it would be a lot of fun so that will be interesting however whatever happens I will still be here writing and podcasting and having a lot of fun along the way because 2023 really was a defining year in my life it truly was the year of celebration Hurt and joying, I love it. It's given me 99% of the stuff I've wanted ever since I was a little kid. And I'm looking forward to continuing the great work I've started this year. So 2023 was brilliant. My life is a brilliant. And I cannot wait to see what fun things 2024 brings. And I hope all of you wonderful listeners will join me for the ride. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode and you got something out of it. I know that I did because it was just fun to reflect on this year. Because I'd always had this feeling that 2023 was a brilliant year. But to actually write it down, to actually talk about it has been so much fun. So this, to, to be honest, this is a landmark episode for the podcast. And as I said earlier... You guys are the only reasons why I'm able to do landmark episodes. It's your interest, it's your dedication. Whenever you guys email me, comment on a post, I really, really like it because it shows that you want the podcast to continue. So massive thank you, as always, for being so amazing and just wonderful listeners. And to be honest, I actually want to know about your 2023. Yeah. I mean, like, what's made this year like so great for you? Is there anything that you want to improve for 2024? Please let me know. And if you know anyone who would enjoy today's episode, then please share it with them. I'm always really grateful when you wonderful people help spread the words about the podcast. And if you want to learn more about psycholo- psychology careers for your own 2024 planning, then please check out Careers in Psychology. A guide to careers in clinical psychology, forensic psychology, business psychology, and more. Available in all of the usual places. So, have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you next time.
thanks for listening today. I hope you found it helpful. Please remember to like the video and subscribe to the, the YouTube channel and follow the podcast on your favourite podcast app. And if you wanted to learn more, then please check out the backlist of the podcast episodes or my books at conwhitely.net. So have a great day and I'll see you next time.